Hi, this is Cindy Godwin, pastor of Summit Church, and this is our chosen podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this inspires you. I hope that it helps build up your faith and remind you that God has chosen you and set you apart for His purpose. Enjoy the message. We are very, very expectant this season. At the end of last season, spring, I very clearly, I was standing in the back, I very clearly heard the Lord speak to me about this season, and he said, you are entering a season of glory. Now, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, the glory of God is in you. But whether or not you release that and allow it is completely up to you. Jesus said, I stand at the door and knock. I don't push the door open. That would be the devil. The Lord will never force you to do anything, ever. Not in word, thought, deed, nothing, because he is the Holy Spirit. The emblem, he's not a dove, but he's symbolized with a dove because doves are gentle. But something else about a dove is they have fixed eyes. They can't look to the right or the left. They're fixed. And so he has his eyes fixed on us, but will we fix our eyes on him? Because if we don't, you see, you need to understand something. This is not the message today. But when you waver and when I waver in doubt and unbelief, it's because our eyes are not fixed. That's why the Bible says to fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. If our faith isn't working, our eyes aren't fixed. Honestly, I don't think I even realized the magnitude of that until today. We're going to have a commissioning. Do not leave early unless your job awaits you or your lung or whatever. Because we're going to have a commissioning and... I was not, I mean, the Lord spoke that to me, that there would be a commissioning today, and I just wasn't comfortable with it. And then a Marine walked in, and the Lord said, she's to do it. Because you see, if you want to understand commissioning, you have to understand the military. I grew up in a military home, but I was not in the military. And I, but I do know this. When a commanding officer tells you to do something, you better do it. There's no but or question. You just do it. So when I call her up and, uh, Jovetta, as a Marine, I also want you to come up and I want you to show people what it's like to stand at attention. Okay, because it doesn't mean this. It doesn't mean this. So you don't leave unless you have to. Many, many, many years ago, many years ago, I don't remember how many years, the Lord spoke to me in Psalm 68, 11, and 12. I've shared it often. But I can tell you more than ever, we are in the season. So I want you to listen to the vision for this season we are in. Because the vision is going to grow, we are going to see mighty and miraculous things happen in our midst. Psalm 68, 11, and 12, the Lord gives the word of power. The Lord gives the word of power, not the word of weakness, wavering, and wondering. He gives the word of power. The women who bear and publish the news, the good news, are a great 
host. So if the devil has made you feel diminished because you're a woman, I have good news for you today. Before the second coming of Jesus Christ, this is a messianic scripture. Before the second coming of Jesus Christ, the Lord is going to raise up armies of women, and we are here today, around the world who will proclaim the good news of God's power. And this is what will happen when we do. You ready? The kings of the enemy's armies flee. They flee. And she who remains at home divides the spoil left behind. So there will be an army of women who tell about the goodness of God, the power of God through the word of God. And whether you're a professional, whether you're military, whether you're blue collar, white collar, orange collar, I don't know what collars there are. It doesn't matter. It will cause the enemy to flee. And the spoils left behind will be ours. And we'll divide them with others. I think that is beautifully exemplified in the story. I think it's 2 Kings might be first kings, it was one of the kings, of the lepers. And they were sitting outside the camp. Remember the story? And finally, one of them said, why do we sit here until we die? If we go in and they kill us, we're going to die anyway. If we stay out here, we're going to die. So we might as well go in. And when they went in, they found the enemy's camp abandoned. See, the Lord has sent angels to scare them away. And they collected all the spoils and distributed it among the city. There are great spoils available today. And what are those? They're the goods the enemy has stolen from us, whether it's our health, our possessions, our well-being, our jobs, money, whatever, our relationships. He's stolen much. But when we stand up and we proclaim how powerful God is and how good he is, no matter how we feel, It's going to cause the enemy to flee. And there will be so many spoils that there will be plenty for us and plenty for others. Secondly, Isaiah 4, 4 and 5. The Lord will create over the whole site, over every, listen, dwelling place of Mount Zion. Hebrews 12 says we've come to Zion. And over her assemblies, over her assemblies, a cloud and a smoke by day and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For over all of the glory, listen, there will be a canopy, a defense of divine love and protection. You can't afford to miss the assemblies. Live stream is great if you absolutely can't come. I have people all the time say, I watch from work. I take my break actually when you're speaking to watch. But nothing replaces being in the assembly. And there is a defense of divine love and protection. And there will be a pavilion for shade in the day from the heat. God, have we needed that. And a place of refuge and a shelter from storm and from rain. Isaiah 32, 1 and 2. Behold, a king will reign in righteousness and princes will rule with justice. And each one of us will be like a hiding place from the wind and a shelter from the storm. Like streams of water in a dry place, like the shade of a great rock in a weary land to those who turn to them. Don't you want to be that? Don't you want to provide shade for those who have been burned by the heat of affliction and trial? 
Don't you want to be a shelter for those who are weary? I do. I can't tell you the number of people who come to my home and sit with me. And when they leave, they always say, I feel so much better. Well, that's a fulfillment of the scripture. God is raising up a generation that you will be commissioned for today. Many years ago, back in the 1970s, the woman who is now my godmother, the only one I've ever had, gave me a prophetic word. I still have it. I still have it on the card. Now, we didn't have emails in those days. But she gave me a card, and I still have it. It's torn now. It's very tattered because it's over 40 years old. And in this card, she said that I would be a Deborah to God's people. And I treasured that card. Several birthdays ago, Janice Wooldridge, who didn't know, gave me this picture. It says, Deborah's Arise, Judges 4 and 5. I don't know if the camera, can the camera zoom in on this? But I'll show it to you. Isn't she beautiful? Deborah's Arise. This was several years ago. Then on this last birthday, Delinda, our worship leader, came over. And in a bag was a dish. It was a brass dish of a bee. How many of you in here have the name Deborah, Debbie, Deb, anybody in here? And that name means bee. And bees, though small, are pretty powerful. Have you ever been stung by one? They have a sting, don't they? But they also produce honey. I want to be on the honey side. And if you know me at all, you know I can sting. If you touch my husband or my children or my grandchildren, you'll really see it. But I love to feed people with honey from the throne of God. And so she gave me this bee, and then it had a, an article on the mantle of Deborah. And she didn't know any of this. And the Lord said, it's time. It's time to commission the Deborahs. And so we're going to talk about Deborah today, because we are not giving up. It's been a matter of waiting on the Lord and his timing. And I'm telling you, I don't know just about anyone who hasn't been through a season of great difficulty. And I put myself in that season. A Deborah generation of the retired, of the homemakers, of the mothers, of the grandmothers, of the spiritual mothers. If you're a woman, you qualify. And to the men, I would say every Deborah needs a barrack a general that will go fight for her. Because I'm going to show you the role of Deborah today. They are women who carry the sword of the Spirit in one hand and the blood of the Lamb in the other. Women who will say no to the enemy. Women who will say, you will not have our children. You will not have our grandchildren. You will not have our schools. Enough. You will not take our lives before time. 
You will not have our inheritance. No, 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 no. A sword in one hand and the blood of the lamb in the other. Devil, you're under our feet. We are not under yours. Not now, not ever. It's over. What God spoke to me over 45 years ago, through my godmother, the time is now. For about a week, I kept hearing the words, arise and go, arise and go, arise and go, move forward. Every time I opened the Bible, I would see those words, whether it was Moses, God telling Moses to move forward, or whether it was Jesus telling people he healed. If you notice the miracles, more often than not, after he performed the miracle, what would he tell them to do? Go. Don't stay in that condition. Don't stay in the wound. Don't stay in the hurt. Don't stay in the past, in the pain of the past. Go. Move forward. I remember my friend Karen over here, who used to be my neighbor, but she betrayed me and moved. <laughs> She's given her tes testimony. I had a word of knowledge years ago from someone who didn't know me and said, you're going to meet somebody named Karen. Some of you have heard this story. And don't worry about it. God will send her. And a couple of years actually went by. And one day I remembered that word that I was supposed to meet somebody named Karen, but I didn't know anybody named Karen that I didn't already know. A new Karen had not come into my life. And I had talked to her several times. She had two dogs. I had one, and we would always walk, and her dogs were old, and my dog was Winnie. And <laughs> old dogs don't like my dog. And so we would always talk at a distance because I had to hold my wagging tail dog from her not wagging tails. You know, when a dog's not wagging its tail, it's not a good sign. And so one day we were talking outside of my house. I went inside. I shut the door. The Holy Spirit said, go ask her her name. I opened the door from my door. She's out just passing my house. And I said, what is your name? And she said, Karen. And I knew. And she had quite a story. She'd been widowed twice. And both were, unfortunately, cases of malpractice. And she's an RN, and her second husband she took care of until he went to be with Jesus. And so we, we developed a friendship, and she comes, and, and she met. We had a, a word, I don't know if it was a word of knowledge or just a prayer call. I don't remember what it was, but for the women who wanted to, who believed God had another husband for him, and she stood. And we prayed, and in no time, she met her husband, and now she's happily married and doesn't even live in San Antonio anymore and drives in for these meetings. But I remember, I think the first time she came is when I started giving the word to move forward, and that, that was your release. Am I correct? Mm -hmm. It was her release that to move forward from the past and the pain from the past, and she did, and she did. Because if you stay stuck in your past, your past will own you. So, the Lord is releasing a cloak of courage and fierce boldness, and it's time to roar and be a company of victorious ones over our family. So, I'm going to read parts of Judges 4 and 5 to you today from the Passion, and we're going to talk about it and then have the commissioning. And I want you to be ready, and I want you to listen, okay? Really important. 
So Judges 4 and verse 1. After Ehud died, the Israelites returned to doing evil before the eyes of Yahweh. So he surrendered them to King Jabin of Canaan, who ruled from Hazor. His army commander, Sisera, established his base in some place. And Jabin had 900 chariots with iron-rimmed wheels. And he ruthlessly oppressed Israel for 20 years. Then the Israelites, with shattered hearts, cried out to Yahweh for help. If you have a shattered heart today, I have good news for you. You're about to be mended. God raised up Deborah. For who? The people with shattered hearts. Listen. When Jesus sent his disciples to go get a donkey... King James call, calls it the foal of an ass. It's not a bad word, it's the Bible. And he sent his disciples to get this donkey. He said, just tell them the Lord has need of you. And they released that donkey based on the word of the Lord. I'm telling you today, no matter how low you feel, the Lord has need of you. He has need of you to be someone who mends shattered hearts of the oppressed. Well, I'm one of those people. Well, you know what? Your healing's going to come through ministering to others. Ask me how I know. God raised up Deborah to lead Israel as a champion deliverer. She was a prophetess and a fiery woman. She was the wife of Lapidoth. Now, the reason... This translation calls her a fiery woman is because Lapidoth, she was a wife of Lapidoth, means torches, lightning, and flashes, and a flaming sword. She was the wife of a man whose name meant flaming sword. She presided as Israel's judge under the palm of Deborah, a certain palm tree between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the people of Israel came to her for wise decisions. All right, so let's go over a few things about this lady. As I said, her name means bee. She sat or rested under a palm tree. Ephesians 2, 6 says, God raised us up together with Christ, and he made us to sit down, to sit down with Christ, giving us joint seating with him in the heavenly places. Did you hear that? He raised us up to sit. And until we realize that our position is sitting next to Christ, we will continue to be in a place of stress. So when stress comes to knock on your door, say, no, thank you, I'm seated. How many times have you just said it's the end of the day and maybe your feet are tired? That was me yesterday. I had Grandparents' Day in the morning, Grandparents' Day at night, and between there, a full day. And I very, very rarely feel tired. But when I was driving home, I was like, I just, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to see anybody. I just want to sit. And so got home, and I'd made dinner before I left, and Randy and I sat down on the sofa together and just watched an episode of Heartland. Such a good show. 
She sat under a palm tree. She was a wife. She sat under a palm tree. In the scripture, a palm tree symbolizes victory, triumph, success, stability, and strength. In Psalm 92, it says in verse 12, that the righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Be long-lived, stately, fruitful, and useful. All of this is extremely symbolic. She listened under that palm tree as she sat in the place of God. Between Rama, Bethel, and Ephraim. Rama means a high place. Bethel means house of God. And Ephraim means doubly fruitful. So she sat as she came up higher, fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit, silencing the noise. And let me tell you something. Sometimes the Lord just says, shh, just listen. Just listen. There are times I'll just sit and I'll just close my eyes and I'll listen and it'll come up from in here. In here. Right from the middle of you. Have a pen ready to write it down so you don't forget. Barak's name means lightning. This is a picture of fathers and mothers, the men and the women coming together in unity. One is not better than or superior to the other. When I marry couples, I always do the, and I'm sure you've all heard it. God did not take woman from the man's head that she should rule over him, nor from his feet that he would trample on her. But he took woman from his side where she would walk next to him as a co-heir of Christ. From under his arm will he, will, where he would protect her and from next to his heart where he would cherish and love her. That is the design of God. The Debras and the Barracks. Every Deborah needs a Barrack. Every Barrack needs a Deborah. We're going to find out why in a moment. Mark 3.25 says, If a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to last. So, let's look at verse 7. If you, I don't, you probably don't have a passion with you, but it's just it's such an easy translation. That's why I wanted to, to read it. One day, Deborah sent for Barak and said to him, Yahweh, the God of Israel, commands you, go, deploy 10,000 men from the tribes of Nathali and Zebulun and march to Mount Tabor. I will draw Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army. Now remember, Sisera was a fierce warrior, and he had 900 ironclad chariots, okay? This was no rookie. He was not a rookie military man. She said, he will have as many chariots and soldiers. I love it when God warns us. You're going to face a battle. Been there many times where before the battle, the Lord told me I was going to face one. I never like hearing that. But if he declares to you that you're going to face a battle, it's because he's already given you the victory. She, the Lord said, I will give you victory over him. And Barak replied, I will go if you go with me. But if you don't go with me, I won't go either. Very well, she answered. I'll go with you, but you will receive no glory and the victory because Yahweh will hand Sisera to a woman. I love this. So Deborah set off for Kadesh with Barak, and 10,000 warriors followed him and Deborah also. So I'm going to show you this picture again. I'm pretty sure this is what she looked like. 
Love it. Notice she has a scepter in her hand. This is why I want a horse. I have been asking my husband for a horse. He will not give me one. And I'm not kidding. So y'all need to talk to him. Every time you see him, buy your bride a horse. Julie. Huh? I know she's got a horse, but I want a horse. Could we store it for free at your property? Because she told me the cheapest thing you'll ever do is buy the horse. <laughs> I mean, on Heartland, they eat grass. I don't know what the problem is. All right. Now I'm distracted. So when Sisera found out that Barak, son of Abono, what whoever, was marching toward Mount Tabor, he gathered together 900 iron rim chariots and all of his soldiers, and he sent them. And then Deborah prophesied to Barak, Today Yahweh has given you victory over Sisera. Yahweh, go! Yahweh is marching out before you, and immediately Barak charged down with his 10,000 warriors. And Yahweh threw Sisera and his army into confusion before the onslaught of Barak. I love it. This isn't the first time in the scripture where the Lord confused the enemy, by the way. There are several instances. That's why we should not be confused. God has not authored confusion in our lives, but peace. And so Sisera and all his chariots and his men were overwhelmed and he leaped from his chariot and he fled on foot. Barak pursued the other chariots and the army until Sisera's whole army was killed by the sword and only Sisera survived. But you know what? You got to get the head. So listen to what happened. I'm sure you know. He ran for his life to the tent of Jael. This is my favorite part. And Jael came out of her tent to greet Sisera. And she said to him, come in, my Lord, come in here. She invited the enemy into her home. Now, you've got to get this. This is powerfully significant. She didn't flee. She didn't go hide in her closet. She said, come on in. You have nothing to fear. <laughs> as soon as he entered her tent, she hid him under a blanket. What a nice lady. Some of you have never read this and you're going, well, I can't wait to see where she's going with this one. <laughs> this wife who simply used her gift and sat in her place of authority gave a simple command, prophesied what would happen, and now watch it be fulfilled. Because remember, she said, I'm going to give Sisera into the hand of a woman. A housewife. This was just a housewife. She was an ordinary woman who would do something extraordinary. And this is what I want to get all of us to see. We are all ordinary women. How do I know that? Because the ground is level at the foot of the cross. 
I don't care what degree you have on your wall. I don't care what your credentials are. I don't care how much money you have or how much money you don't have. At the end of the day, I remember it was your son, Jason. Um, did Jason go to Trinity? And he had that Jewish professor who was part of the Holocaust, right? Yes. And so this Jewish professor was part of the Holocaust. And I remember Jason sharing that this Jewish professor, because as you know, and horrifically, the Nazis stripped all of these people naked and starved them to death before burning them. And he said, at the end of the day, it didn't matter who you were, how smart you were, what your credentials were. Naked, we were all the same, every one of us. That, that really impacted me. So this ordinary woman, and then Sisera said, I'm so thirsty, please let me have water. So she opened a skin of milk and gave him some to drink and covered him again. What does the Bible say milk is? Like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. So she invites the enemy into her home. She gives him the milk symbolizing the word. Of course, he's not going to take it because he's the enemy. And he said, now go stand at the entrance of your tent. If anybody comes and asks you, is there anybody in here? Tell them no. Exhausted, he fell fast asleep under the blanket. And while he slept, this boss lady, JL, <laughs> took a tent peg in one hand and a hammer in the other and tiptoed over to where he was lying and with a crushing blow drove that tent peg through his temple until he went down into the ground and he was dead. I could think of some really good names to call her right now. But guess what? She took a tent peg. Isaiah 54. Enlarge the place of your tent. Let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. In her own home, under her dominion, her authority, and her power in the word of God, she drove a stake right through the enemy's head. And what was that, that tent peg? Jeremiah 23, 29, one of my favorite scriptures. Is not my word like fire and like a hammer that shatters the rock of most stubborn resistance? How do we drive a tent peg through the head of the enemy with the word of God? And Sisera was dead. The Lord is calling all women, mothers, spiritual mothers, and literal biological mothers to take back everything the enemy has stolen. Chapter 5, Deborah and Barak sang a victory song. Blessings be to Yahweh who gave us the victory. For I will sing a song to Yahweh. And in the days of Jael, no one felt safe. The roads were deserted and those who dared to travel took back roads. Champions were hard to find, hard to find in Israel until I, Deborah, took a stand. I arose as a mother in Israel. She was a wife. She was a mother. She was a woman that sat under victory, excellence, success, and said what God said. Can you do that? Yes, you can. Do you need an education to do it? Do you need a master's degree and a PhD? No, you don't. Do you need men to applaud you and laud you and sing how great thou art to you? No, you don't. I'm just an ordinary woman. No, I'm not. I'm an extraordinary woman because I'm anointed by God Almighty 
And I am commissioned as a Deborah in this generation in 2023 to take back my land. Now, we may not be able to take back the whole United States on our own, but I'm telling you, you can certainly take over your territory. And in prayer for this nation, because I do not believe God is finished with us. And here's how she concluded. Chapter 5 in verse 31. Yahweh, may all who hate you perish in the same way. And may those who love you shine like the sun, bright in its strength as it crosses the sky. And then the land had peace for 40 years. You know, there's an expression, when there's no way, there's Yahweh. I'm going to close with the story, and then we're going to have a commissioning. It's just going to exemplify what I'm talking to you about. When my youngest, we sent our children, I homeschooled for a while, and then we sent our children to um, private school. It started out really great and didn't end up really great. Toward the end of my daughter's, my youngest daughter's junior year, the school, and all I can say now, the school as it was shut down and they regrouped. But they started letting in boys and girls that had been expelled from private school for drug abuse, for immoralities, for all kinds of things. Well, can I tell you, I got a little concerned. The school had to hire, I don't know, are they called drug dogs? I mean, the sniffing dogs. Are they drug dogs? Yes. To come in and start sniffing out drugs because there were so many drugs in the school. Well, I was a little concerned. I'm already paying public school taxes. I, and then I was paying tuition, lots of tuition. So it was a summer before she was a senior. And everybody knows a senior year is an exciting year, right? I mean, they're going to graduate. They have a lot of privileges. They're the, the big man on the totem pole. They're the big fish in the little pond now. The whole bit. Fun time. There's more leniency and, and all those things. And, well, I started getting calls from mothers. And the mothers were telling me various more people they had allowed in that had quite the reputation for their conduct. And I remember I was standing in her very messy bedroom, which has totally been redecorated since that time. And I heard the Lord say to me loud and clear, would you let her on the Titanic if you knew it was her last voyage? or its last voyage. Well, did I have to think about that? No. I called my husband. He said, take her out. I went to her and I said, I'm taking you out. You're going to homeschool your senior year. And you know what? She was actually glad because it had become increasingly difficult to be in that circumstance. And so I uh, found out about a program that Texas Tech university offered that actually missionaries children use where you get a, a, a diploma, you can actually go to tech and walk the stage. And uh, it was all monitored by teachers. In fact, she would have to go to a library or a classroom, a public school classroom with a certified teacher for all her exams. And so it was very legit. 
And so she said, well, I'm going to do it now. So we started in the summer, and I would love to tell you I was her teacher, but I, I didn't remember all of the math stuff and all that. And in fact, never learned it in the first place, to be honest with you. <laughs> and so anyway, she completed her senior year by December and graduated. So why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this to tell you. What seemed so awful and what I cried a lot of tears over but put a lot of prayer into turned out to be a blessing because she went and she got a job at a pool and that's where she met Tony, her husband, who would not have given her the time of day if she'd been a senior in high school because he's four years older than her. But because she had already graduated and was already starting college, they started seeing one another. And a year and a half later got married. And they've been married, I think, going on 18 years or 19. I don't remember how many years. A lot of years. <laughs> it's been a lot of years. Almost 20 years. You see, it always looks like things are so bad. How many times has a doctor said, you're not going to live long and that person lived long? You're not going to get the job and they got a better job. You're going to get fired, but they didn't. Over and over and over and over and over again, God's word has final authority if you will execute it, if you will speak it. So will you arise? Will you declare that your home and your life is under new management? Will you be a Deborah? And will you receive a commission today? That no longer, I need you up here, honey. No longer, you're just going to sit back and listen to the bad reports of the enemy with 900 ironclad chariots. So we're going to have a call to attention. And this is Walda Collins, Jovet Muniz. How do you say your last name? Muniz. Muniz. I didn't want to say it wrong. And Walda's going to give you the commission, and Jovette is going to call you to attention. And I want you to declare new management in your life. We're not going to lay down anymore and let the devil walk on us and our families. No more. In Jesus' name. Please stand. Women, attention. I now commission you as women of God to walk as you have been called, to stand and stand rooted and grounded yes. in the word of God. I commission you now in the name of Jesus to go forth, make disciples, declare, Declare and claim and decree the ground and the land that you've been called to. Deborah's in this room, I command you to arise and go. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name. Now, let me tell you, see, you keep your eyes open when you're commissioned. You don't close your eyes. That wasn't a prayer. It was a mandate. Ordinary women and men 
who will do extraordinary things. And I'm telling you today, they're going to begin in this place. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for joining us. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe and share it with a friend. You can hear more messages by visiting chosenessay.com. Be sure to follow us at Chosen Essay on Facebook and Instagram.